Yeah, everybody, I'm here to tell you, if you're looking for your numbers, there's an app or a website or an online mortgage calculator where you can punch in the numbers and you'll get the monthly house payment based on the current market mortgage interest rate. But I'm telling you, if you're using that number that it spits out as your goal number without calculating in all of your own personal financial information, that's like, well, it, it it's like... um. I can't even think of a simile. Play the music. I need time to think. What is happening, my How to Buy a Homies? I am your host, David Sidoni, and I can't believe that I got simile stumped. Oh, man. All right, well, I had the music, got some time, so uh, let me try one on you. Using an online mortgage calculator to set your home buying goals is like picking your life partner from a photo-only dating app. Bam! I still got it. What's up, everybody? If you're watching this on video, uh, you'll notice I have an 8 o'clock shadow because, yeah, your boy got started writing on this and I just went crazy. So uh, you're going to get the information that you came for today, and then you're going to get a little uh, soapbox, um, uh, a little bit of a a tirade, um, just a tiny touch of uh, my manifesto part four or five. Uh, But we're going to start with the things you came for. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to rip through a whole bunch of the details, and it's going to help explain that why trying to just save for your home on your own can mean that you might hit tons of shoots in the game of shoots and ladders that is your roadmap to buying a home. Shoots create setbacks when you think that you are moving forward. Now, if that sounds like a weird metaphor, now see, I didn't say like, so, you know, that's why it's not a simile. That's why it's a metaphor. Do not question my grammar. The nuns beat it into me in Catholic school in the 70s and 80s. Yes. I'm old. Drink. So if that does sound like a weird metaphor to you, go back to episode 164. That episode is the cornerstone of this podcast. The basics. The 10 steps to buying your first home. Shoots and ladders. Go ahead. Jump back now. Listen to it if you haven't heard it. Go. Go. Welcome back. Okay, right now I'm going to go through the 4,537 bajillion shoots that you could slide down if you use a mortgage calculator, as well as uh, some of the ladders that you could easily find if you didn't just rely on that mortgage calculator. Now, when it comes to these online calculators, I Googled them and I saw them all. Most of them have just four or five data entry points. Punch those in and then voila, you get a monthly payment estimate. The reason I'm doing this today is because I can't tell you how many people reach out to me because they're just starting in their journey and they take these online mortgage calculators as gospel. They punch in the price, the down payment, the interest rate, and the loan terms. That's the years on the loan. And then whatever number appears to them in a circle, don't ask me why, most of them put that monthly payment, the PITI, Principal Interest Taxes and Insurance, they stick it in this circle on the website. Uh, Well, that monthly number right there, that determines for these would-be home buyers if they should start a plan, if they should save, or if they should just give up and move to a farm out in the country because that's the only thing they can afford. 
The deal is, gang, that online mortgage calculators could be off by hundreds or even thousands of dollars a month for you and your personal financial situation. Yes, hundreds or thousands of dollars off, and it could be in either direction, up or down, because some of these personal shoots and ladders, this is just a sample of some of them. I'm going to give them to you right now. So some of these particular things could mean that you could find a chute or you could find a ladder. Could be the difference between you sliding down or climbing up and changing that monthly number drastically. Here's just a few of the things. You punched in the rate, but how do you know what rate that you can get? What factors determine if the rate that you see online is going to be your rate? If the rates are changing two times a day, how do you know the rate is right? Has it changed in the last week, the last day, or the last 15 minutes? Are you potentially eligible for discounts or programs that could lower your rate from the standard market interest rate? For the down payment, what down payment can you do? What do you even qualify for when it comes to the down payment? And more importantly, what down payment should you do? Are there alternative programs that could lower that number significantly? What about down payment assistant grants and programs out there? Are any of those available for you? What about the HOA number? Is that right? Is it even close? What about DTI? Wait a minute. What the hell is DTI? How does debt affect what you're going to be approved for? Are these the right taxes that are being calculated? Is this the right insurance for your area? In that online mortgage calculator, is the PITI even close to what happens where you are? And what about your student loans? Is that really a deal breaker like you think it is? Can your partner be on the loan? Would that change your approval? Can you get a gift from a family or friend? And once you do figure out these numbers, what's the actual percentage of your take-home salary that your new payment should be? And is that before or after taxes? Can you even get a loan if you're a 1099 independent contractor employee? What about the MI or the PMI from that online calculator? Now, is that your PMI or do you qualify for a lower payment or perhaps a worse one? Does it matter if you're married? How does your credit score affect your interest rate? Shall I keep going? Let's not and say we did. So I think it's great. There's a tool out there for all of us to at least have a beginning. But the problem is that it's so, so slim and empty and shallow. It's not even close. Your personal finances are not taken into account in any fashion with these quick online mortgage calculators. When you use an online mortgage calculator, if it doesn't have at least, I don't know, 487 boxes for you to fill out, it ain't even close to accurate for you. And even if it did have 487 boxes to fill in, most of the time, your best options can't be calculated like an AI algorithm. The best options are presented to you by a mortgage professional who works with first-time homebuyers every single day. Not only using the tried and true creative financing options that have best fit buyers in the past and now best fit your personal finances, but the big thing is they also are up-to-date and current on the brand new ones that come out every week. See, gang, one of the things about banking is banking's a game. The big banks are consistently changing their options and the programs that they offer. Constantly, consistently. Another Lee that I can't think of right now. So here comes another famous David Sidoni truth bomb. Six months ago, your friend, your cousin, your uncle, or maybe even your parents bought a home. 
And then they tell you, you have to be sure that you use this kind of loan. Don't let them screw you. Don't let them take advantage of you. Make sure that you tell them you want this loan and then you get what we got. Bubble bursting time, gang. That's what the truth bombs do. This is wrong for so, so many reasons. But I'll break it down for you with uh, two big ones. One, unless that loan that they got was six hours ago, not even six weeks or six months. I'm saying unless it was six hours ago that they locked that loan program, that loan program could be gone. Or there could be a dozen better ones out there for you now. Because banks are constantly, consistently, and whatever that other Lee is out there somewhere, they're constantly, consistently changing them because their goal is to make more money. And when things are going bad for the banks, they become more enticing and you can get better deals. When things are going great for the banks, they tighten up and some of those really enticing products go away. Banks and the investors who offer loans have new programs coming out every single day. There is no, you got to go to my guy because he can get you this product. What it actually should be is you got to go to my guy because they're on top of it every single day and they can help you find the best program available. That's what they did for me when I bought a home back in 1972 or back in three months ago and because they're always on top of it, they checked out what's going on in the current market and they looked at my personal finances and got me the best loan for me because they're a badass and that's what they do. And the second reason that it's so, so wrong because your friend, your cousin, your uncle, or your parent who bought a home six months ago says to you, be sure you get this kind of loan and don't get taken advantage of. The second reason is because they aren't you. Long time ago, in one of my episodes, um, I used an analogy once that too many first-time home buyers or people advising the first-time home buyers, they put everyone in the same bucket. They think they're all the same. People assume that it's buying something and it's just general consumerism. You're all buying. I believe in the old uh, analogy or simile or whatever it was. Uh, I said, you're all walking into Target. Uh, that's what we call it around here because we think we're fancy. Uh, that's Target for the rest of you. And they assume that all the buyers are work, walking into Target and everyone who's got a loan up to $400,000, they walk in like a group of buyers, like each of them have $100 in their pocket. They walk in, they all use the $100, and they all buy the same goods. Well, I've changed that analogy because buying a home, I've decided, is, is no lo longer uh, like that old uh, analogy I did about going to Target. There. I said it, and, and that's a good lesson. I said it once, and I've decided to change it. Uh, it's never cut and dry. Um, I think that Target was just, it was too simple an example because uh, it's such a fabulous superstore. And, you know, you go in there, you bring your money, and you're just like everyone else, and it's all fair, and you all get $100 worth of Target goodness, uh, even though most of you guys probably just came in for one or two things. And next thing you know, you have a giant bucket full of stuff. But no. Uh, I've decided that buying your first home is like going to a flea market. A flea market. Yes. First, you're going to try to buy something and you never know. You might be going to a booth, a tent or whatever, where there's some sketchy, weird people selling stuff out of the back of their beat up van. Now, that's the question mark you could get when you're a buyer of 
the seller. Remember, I've told you before, the seller could be bat guano crazy. Remember, they're just selling one thing, one time, with no corporate franchise and no rules. Now, that's scary enough, but this analogistic metaphor simile goes even further. When you're at the flea market, it's not just deal hunting and scavenging, trying to get a good flea market flip from a trustworthy vendor and not find a nutso one. It's also that all the buyers differ with the money in their pockets. Now, if this were a TV show and I took three contestants and I sent them with $500 each and I told them to go shop the flea market and get the best deals, in the end, we could see what they bought and we can make a pretty fair assessment of how everyone did because everyone's starting from the same financial place, right? $500 in their pocket. Well, buying a home is not like that. The $500 in your pocket first time home buyer flea market TV show would go like this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome contestant number one. They have $500. Now, they're not sure if they want to spend it all, but they still want to win the TV show and be the best buyer out of these $500 buyers. See, they've got $400 from a loan that they got from a bank. And then they also have $50 they borrowed from their 401k. Now, they're not sure if they have to use that. They'd really actually prefer to use the last $50 that they have, which was borrowed from one of the partner's parents. And let's just say one of the buyers is just fine with using that mommy and daddy money. And the other one, not so much. And on the other side of the RV parking lot, it's contestant number two standing in the middle of the flea market. They've got $50 of their own money and $50 that they would like to keep in reserves. So they're looking to borrow the other $400. They went online, they read 287 reviews from other flea market shoppers who all raved about a program that they used to borrow $400 six months ago. And then they've called tons of banks and tried to get that exact same deal. But it turns out nobody will give them the same deal that they heard about online from all those reviews. So now they just keep searching and searching online and calling all the lenders and asking, begging, pleading for that $400 special free grant that they read about so they can get that at the reduced mortgage interest rate. And finally, standing here with me, contestant number three, we seem to be in front of a booth that has beautiful, rustically redesigned, uh, what are those, beer kegs they found behind the fraternity house? Anyway, uh, they're an investor, and they've actually borrowed 450 of that $500, and the deal is they only want to spend 450 that they borrowed and use the other $50 they have to leverage what they buy so they can fix it up and turn around and sell it for $575. Wow, I didn't realize that when I changed the uh, simile metaphor analogy from Target to the flea market that I was going to have to go into game show mode. You see, gang, everybody's $500 has a personal story and it won't buy the same way as anybody else's. And so with the flea market analo semaphore, yep, just made that mashup word up right now on the spot. That's just the beginning of why a mortgage calculator should not be the thing that you use to get a number and make that number your goal. Go back to episode 164. I swear it only took me four years to figure out how to explain the 10 basic steps of buying a home. It's shoots and ladders, gang. <laughs> shoots and ladders. 
every step of the home buying process is there in episode 164. Go back and listen to that one again. Now, when it comes to when you should roll the dice and try to move up your chutes and ladder board, here's another big tip. When you're using those online calculators, you're looking at everything as a math problem. You cannot look at the game of buying a home as a math problem. Buying a home, it's not just math and deal shopping and everything's numbers, numbers, numbers. Buying a home is solely dependent on your personal finances. And they're called that because they are personal. They're yours. No one else's. Math is easy. It's simple. It's numbers and formulas. There's no wrong answer once you figure out how to use the formulas. This is personal. I once heard someone very smart say that the personal and personal finance has two meanings. And this is great, especially for first-time home buyers. Personal finance is personal because it's personal based on your situation. Nobody, I mean nobody, is in the same boat as you. No one's in exactly the same place. You cannot and you should not do the same thing as somebody else because every single one of you is in a different financial situation with a bazillion different factors that determine what loan programs are best for you. You're all on different squares on the shoots and ladder game board. And then number two, the definition for personal finance, why it's personal. It's personal because your vision of happy ever after, your vision of winning the game, that's different than everyone else's too. Your vision of your best life or of being house poor, positive and negative, it cannot be calculated in a one-size-fits-all math formula with a simple spreadsheet that shows step-by-steps on how to win the game or how to get from point A to point B with the most happiness and the most money. You're going to have to dig deeper than that. You're going to have to get into the 5,862 potential equations that don't just involve numbers, but involve your personal goals. And the best way to do this with the guidance of a pro who can show you all the options for some of those math things. And then you figure out how those fit in with your life things. Who knows? After talking to somebody, you might figure out that your best play is to rent for five years so you can go zip line through the Amazon and maybe travel to 10 or 20 countries and then finally end up in Italy and go to the old Italian village where your family came from so they can offer you to take home an Italian maiden to be your American or Canadian wife. True story, gang. Uh, I missed out on that in my 20s. They told me I could have done that. Love my wife. Absolutely love my wife. So glad I didn't do it. Anyway, moving on. Well, then if you're that person, and you took those five years off, well, then you can go back and decide if you want to buy a home. But maybe if you talk to a mortgage professional before you left, you could decide that you could use, you know, 20 grand from your five-year travel trip. I mean, who cares? You were just going to spend it to go to Euro Disney. I hear that place sucks anyway. Well, so let's say that before you left on the five years of your adventure, you took your Euro Disney money And you use that to buy a home, rented it out to your friends while you were gone, come back in five years with Isabella Marie Sedoni, your maiden from Italy, and you'd have a home that's partially paid off with equity. Or maybe you go ahead and talk to a pro and you realize that, ooh, you should have bought a home five years ago because you're kind of stable right now and you've been renting and it's eating away at your financial stability and you're just going paycheck to paycheck because you're not building anything. 
So it's time that you get out there and you find out what your current options are right now from that pro so you can best capitalize for your current lifestyle. Or maybe you're somewhere in between. House poor is not one size fits all. Just like a big home isn't one size fits all. And neither is a big yard. It's all relative. It's your personal opinion. What I've seen too many people do is they punch in a few numbers, they see the new payment, and they decide not to talk to a pro, and they just try to do all the saving on their own without knowing that long, long list that I gave you. And by the way, the long, long list I gave you at the top of the episode, that was only a small portion of all the shoots and ladders, the things that could hold you back, as well as the things that might be propelling you forward. That could drastically change your number, your personal monthly number, which then you could fit into your personal decisions of how conservative or how risky you want to be at this particular time in your life. You could be on your own or you could be with a partner and maybe you're fine sacrificing for a few years in a smaller place. Or maybe you've got kids and they're getting to a certain age and so now you want to make sure that you can get the big home with the pool so you can enjoy the kids and the dogs and everybody splashing around. But if you don't ask someone, you won't know the depths of your options. I know I've been preaching for a long time that, you know, for many people out there, buying a home as quickly as you can is probably the best thing for you. I don't know. I'm not you. For some of you, buying a home may not be something you should do in your 20s. You may want to live a nomadic life. Rock on. You do you, baby. But Here's one of the stats I found, and I know that because of the bad job the real estate industry is doing, that a lot of people are not getting the right information. Last year, the average first-time home buyer was 36. 36 years old. Now, think about that. How many 30-year-olds do you know that possibly could have benefited from a nice, free conversation with someone to tell them all of the options that they have for the next six years? whether it be renting and continuing to rent until they're 36 or till they're 40 or whether it be at 30 years old, figuring out that you might have some options to replace your rent and get into the biggest financial wealth grower that we have when we're trying to become, you know, a young adult to an adult to, oh my God, I'm too much of an adult. What do I do? So imagine if you talk to someone at 30, what's rent times six years? Okay, what what if that 30-year-old had talked to someone and six years later, instead of the national average, all right, uh, what if they talked to him six years earlier before that? So what would they save? If they were renting for two grand a month, how much is that? $144,000 in rent, not to mention depreciation and tax benefits. What if someone was living someplace expensive and from 30 to 36 They rented for $3,000 a month because they wanted to have a dope place and feel like a grown-up. Cool. That's $216,000. Gang, I'm telling you this with all the love and the empathy and, and the care in my heart. I started this revolution so you could find out for free that you might have options that the internet alone can't tell you about. I started this revolution because I really believe that I would like to disrupt the real estate industry. Uh, Not because I care or have any ego, but because I see so many people getting ripped off. I saw two big things happening. I saw after a decade myself in the industry helping a lot of first-time buyers, I realized how royally screwed first-time buyers are when it comes to getting the correct and professional 
expertise and service that has their best interest in mind, not just the almighty dollar in the bottom line. I mean, these people are getting, I said it, royally screwed. By the way, what do you think the origin of royally screwed is? Is I mean, I would think if I was a peasant and I got to copulate with a monarch that I'd be pretty stoked. Oh, I'm sure that it means something like, you know, it's emphasizing the fact that uh, it's in an impressive or grand or royal way. So I guess that makes sense. For the first time, homebuyers, you are indeed getting royally screwed by the real estate industry. You're given the least amount of attention and the least amount of quality service. Now, the second thing that I've seen over the past few years, realizing that a revolution could be happening is I saw the world change. When I started in real estate, the internet was kind of a newfangled thing for them that only had it with the MLS for about six years or so. Uh, and then in 2007, suddenly we had smartphones and everything changed. Now, the cool thing about that was you as the consumer, you got to, you got to BS check. You got to check what the people were actually selling you. The community consumerism, it's blossomed over the last 15 years or so. I see it when it comes to home buying, and I get it. The public feels defeated. They're beaten down by, well, first of all, the economic news, and then they're beaten down with the terrible levels of education out there and service by the real estate industry. Because you've got the world in your pocket, you search it up, and you see that everything's crap. Now, I can't change the economics, but I can do my best to break the silence, pull back the curtain and give you the secrets and help you stick it to the man. You have every, every right to be skeptical with one dude on a podcast talking to you about what the best thing for your personal situation is. And I'm not giving you an answer. I'm telling you, you need to spend some time and talk to somebody else to get the answer. But you're used to getting everything on your phone right now. And the other people out there that are trying to give you advice, I get it. I'd be skeptical, too, if there were three million people trying to help sell one million homes. That's the stats right now. And most of them, of the three million people trying to sell one million homes, they suck at their job. In fact, they suck so bad, they don't even know it. They don't know that the stats say that 87%, 87% of them are going to quit in the next five years. So the one thing I do know is that 36, it, it's probably too late for most people. That's too much renting because they haven't discovered that amongst the pile of crap that is the real estate industry that mistreats and ignores first-time homebuyers, there is a quiet, hopefully not so quiet by the time this hits your ear holes, but there is a quiet revolution going on. And at this time, you are the beneficiary. Now, right now, since I started this, I had so many people reaching out to me, I had to reach out and find the best of the best all over the country. And we call them Unicorn Nation. They're 300 strong. 300 out of 3 million real estate agents. <laughs> and so these are the best of the best. They want to help you succeed. They want to help you discover your personal financial plan, not make you a part of their personal financial plan so they can pay their own rent. Gang, where we are right now is honestly, oh. I'm trying to stop that. I really don't like when people say honestly. Uh, a lot of people are starting their sentences that way. <laughs> what does that mean? That Okay, great. Yes, be honest with me. So you've been lying to me all up to this point right now. Cool? Okay, great. So that's my, that, that, that's my, my vocabulary lesson for the day, gang. One, stop saying literally when you don't mean literally. 
And number two, stop starting sentences with the word honestly. Uh, it's not an emphasis of what you're about to say. It actually creates distrust and it's a devaluation of everything that you said before you said honestly. Try, uh, you know, uh, openly or frankly or straight up, bro, or for reals or uh, I really mean this. So let me try that sentence again. I really mean this. I would like to break up this whole corrupt industry. And the only way I can do it right now is one buyer at a time. We don't need 3 million professionals. We don't need big real estate brokerages caring so much more about how many agents they have instead of caring about how well their buyers are being treated and being served. I've already told you guys this. I'm in my 50s right now. And if I can help more buyers get the service they deserve, if I can do that on a daily basis, bam, I'm going to be a happy man. I will wrap up my working days feeling pretty damn good every single night. But if in the process, <laughs> you know, just for fun, I could bring down a corrupt and greedy, moronically Jurassic old school dinosaur thinking industry. Well, you know, that'd be kind of fun. Why not? Just be icing on the cake. So with all of that and understanding that things are being presented to you either poorly or misrepresented, don't listen to the online calculator and that number that pops up in a circle and think, oh, I can't do this. And then you're 31 and then you try again next year. Oh, I still can't do it. And next thing you know, you're 36. Don't listen to the the other people, the sketchy, salesy, cringy, wannabe so-called professionals who are giving you some other crazy story telling you anyone can buy a home just like this. You all have to follow this program. Just do this and you can do it. No, they don't know what that program is because they've only been doing it for a year or they haven't been trained well at all. And the bummer thing is people selling things like that they can't know everybody can't do this because everybody's home buying journey, just like your finances, they're personal. Okay. That was me on my little soapbox. So, uh, before I got on my soapbox, I hope that you guys got a lot of value out of this before I went on my, my manifesto, my tirade. Damn. Apparently I've got some pent up feelings. Well, it's because I am so excited about what I'm doing, but I'm also seeing so many people coming to me and they all come to me talking to me about the online calculator and they say, I've been listening to your podcast for a year and uh, now I see this on the online calculator. I don't think I can do this. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe I should say something at the end of every show uh, to help you think that you can do this. Boy, you know, let me think about it. I'll try to figure out what that is. Gang, is the revolution right now, it's still quiet. Uh, I'm here. I'm here to help you guys one buyer at a time with my growing stable of unicorns. Get yourself a support team and you can find your personal plan. Get it for free. They'll talk to you today and they'll tell you. I just told someone last week when we went through a whole Zoom together. At the end of it, I went, buying a home is not the right thing for you guys right now. Unicornism, baby. So go to howtobuyahome.com and ask your question. I'll answer your question, and I'll get you hooked up with a unicorn team that cares. They're the best 300 out of 3 million yahoos out there. Go to the website, howtobuyahome.com. Uh, check out How to Buy a Home on TikTok, David Sedoni on Instagram, and the How to Buy a Home podcast on YouTube. Now, 
if you want to start the revolution or just help your friends or family get some decent service and the best deal they can on buying a home, share the podcast. Rate and review, share, text it to them right now. If you've been listening for a week, a month, or a year, and you still haven't gone to the website and gotten your free support team to help you figure out if your personal plan, your personal path is a three-week, three-month, or three-year plan, well, maybe it's time that you should do that and get started. I don't know if my whole revolution thing, my whole soapbox is actually going to happen. Who knows if I'm going to topple the real estate industry, but I do know one thing for sure. With the right support team and the right personal plan, you can do this.